Welcome to the Hedgemaker Broadcast. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied to the nation of Israel many long years ago. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. He also said that the Lord sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries, located in beautiful Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, is attempting to stand in the gap and make up the hedge in these days of spiritual compromise and theological apostasy. Our biblical and historical Christian heritage challenges us to fill in the gaps left by those who have moved away from their biblical foundation. Listen now as we build up the wall and make up the hedge through sound preaching from God's Holy Word. We're going to go to the book of Mark as we've been preaching our way through the book of Mark. Chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. Find your way there. We'll read those four verses. And uh, this is dealing with the children. Last week, we talked just a bit about chapter 10, verses 1 through 12, where Jesus dealt with the problem of divorce. That has to do with husbands and wives. In verses 13 through 16, he's talking about children. That has to do with the family. And so we're looking at this chapter that uh, Jesus is addressing several problems and maybe questions that uh, come up, and, and so he is uh, addressing them. In these verses, Mark 10:13, it says, They brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. We're familiar with that phrase. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Of course, Matthew's rendition of this, in Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15, and Luke's rendition of this, Luke 18, 15 through 17, very similar. Parallel passages to the blessing of the children. I want to give you two major sections here. First of all, three contrasting attitudes about children. We'll talk about that for a moment. And then we want to give you five truths about children. So, three contrasting attitudes about children and then five truths regarding children. I think we can see all of these in these verses. The first of the three contrasting attitudes about children, are children a blessing or a burden? Now, this is Mother's Day, of course, but uh, there are some mothers, it's hard to believe, some mothers who think that children are a burden. Are they a blessing or are they a burden? There were folks that brought young children. I was assuming their parents, they brought them young children to Jesus that he should touch them. Doesn't say anything about them being sick or in need of healing that they would bring their children to the Lord, but just to bring them so that he might touch them and then of course bless them, which he does in verse number sixteen. And this is obviously an attitude that the parents feel that the children are a blessing. The disciples, on the other hand, 
rebuked those that brought the children. They thought that the children were a burden. So we see this, this contrasting attitude about children. Are they a blessing or are they a burden? Assuming these are parents again, which I, obviously they are, they're bringing their children to Jesus with hope, looking for help. Perhaps some of them were sick and needed a healing touch. But it just simply says that they brought them that Jesus should touch them. The disciples, on the other hand, rebuke those. And the word for rebuke is a strong word indicating not just a verbal rebuke, but a physical holding back the parents, blocking them, keeping them away, perhaps even pushing them back physically, perhaps, to keep them from Jesus. So the disciples saw the children as a problem. What are some of the quote-unquote problems with children? Well, children are dependent. They're dependent, that means they're going to need some help. Children are dependent. Some parents think that children are a burden instead of a blessing because they're dependent upon them. I've got to feed them. I've got to clothe them. Somebody's got to watch them, clean up after them, a burden or a blessing. You mothers know that it's a blessing to be a mother, a blessing from the Lord. Children, of course, were young. In fact, in I think it was Matthew's account, it said that they were infants. Okay, So that would indicate young children that they brought to the Lord to have him touch and give a blessing. Of course, the younger, the more helpless the child. Right? So, dependent. Helpless and too dependent. By the way, this is the way we need to come to the Lord. As a little child, don't have that later on in the message, but dependent upon the Lord. Okay? And then children also, the problem with children is that children can cause frivolous pride. We see that today. My, my, my child is on the soccer team. But it's true, biblically speaking, we're not so much. That doesn't mean that we ought to, what does Romans 12 say? Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. We are something in Christ and we have value but not in ourselves. But children can cause frivolous pride. Oh, my child is the best at this sport or in this educational thing or, or playing the piano. And, and I think we breed some of that wrongly. That's my attitude about that, this frivolous pride. And then children, number three, can interfere with work. Did you ever feel that way as a parent, that your child was in your way, uh, interfering with your work? You're trying to get the work done and child comes along and wants to help with the work, and you know as a parent that you can do it faster and better than the child, and uh, you feel like they interfere with the work. That was part of the attitude of the disciples here. Jesus is trying to get some work done here. As we mentioned in our Sunday school hour, trying to see the geography of all of that and going to all those towns in Galilee, he was a busy man during those years of ministry. And I think the disciples caught that, that Jesus was busy. And here were some parents that brought children so that he could just simply touch them and bless them. And the disciples were saying, he doesn't have time for that. And so the disciples rebuked them. Are children a blessing or a burden? Of course, the right answer is they should be a blessing. Then we also see in verse 13, 
Another contrasting attitude about children, these parents brought the children to Jesus. Now, I'm adding one here. The opposite of that, the opposing contrasting attitude would be sending them to Jesus. You don't find anybody doing that. They brought him. But we have today people sending their children to church or sending them to certain activities instead of bringing them and participating with them in it. Here, the attitude or the thought behind this word is the word that's used for bringing an offering to the Lord. When you bring that offering to the Lord, it is something that is a sacrifice. It is something that you are dedicating to the Lord. So that's kind of the attitude behind the bringing of the children. They're really bringing their children to the Lord so that their children could be, like we would say, dedicated to the Lord. They wanted the Lord to touch the children and to bless them. Bless them why? So that they would have a fruitful life in the future. So bringing the children as opposed to sending the children. And then when the Lord heard about the attitude of the disciples, it says in verse 14, that Jesus was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. So now we have the introduction of a third contrasting attitude about children. The third contrasting attitude is forbearing or forbidding. Forbearing or forbidding. Jesus was was going to teach to his disciples, you need to learn to forbear these children and forbid them not. Uh, The Bible has uh, some things to say about the attitude of forbearance. Forbearance includes toleration. So what do you do with this child who interrupts your work? that you seemed, oh, I don't have time for that right now. Now, there might be a legitimate time when that might be said to a child, take care of an issue with them later, but the better attitude is, let's let this child be a blessing, let's forbear them, let's tolerate their interruption and deal with their interruption and not forbid them. Forbid them not, Jesus said. So, forbearing or forbidding. So, three contrasting attitudes about children. Are they a blessing or are they a burden? Should you bring them or send them to the Lord? Should you forbear or should you forbid them? Now, with those things in mind as kind of an introduction there, the three contrasting attitudes we see between the parents and the disciples, there are five truths that we want to see in this passage about children. Five truths. And I'm going to relate these to the kingdom of God because let's see what he says there in verse 14. He says, Forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. So let's make these five truths about children relate to the kingdom of God And, of course, you know, we are going to make an application to, you know, letting them come to Christ. All right, so the first truth about children, children should be invited to join the kingdom. Children should be invited to join the kingdom. Suffer the little children, allow them to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of God. The disciples were in so many words saying, oh, these are little children. Jesus is dealing with adult matters. 
important matters. And the little children are interrupting all of that, and they're not really a part of that. Some people have the attitude that children cannot be saved. And so what you do with the little children while church is going on, you have nursery and you just play games with them. I like our attitude that when we have nursery and when we have younger children, we teach them the Bible because children can learn the Bible. I have had people tell me this over the years. Oh, you can't teach children. You can invite children to Christ and invite them in the context of where Jesus is invite them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now children, and he says this, of such is the kingdom of God. Children are interesting. I don't know, I was paging through some scrapbook stuff. My dad sent me some stuff. He sent me a newspaper article that my mother had saved. Sent me that uh, newspaper clipping. I already had a copy of it. It was in my scrapbook, but I went to my scrapbook to look, you know, to see where I could put this clipping. And it was already there. And while I was there, I found some other things. I found a little uh, brochure or prayer card or whatever that we had when I was a child evangelism fellowship missionary in 1971. There were six of us, I think, that were uh, summer missionaries that year. And I'm glad I had that summer ministry because I learned to work with children. Got a burden for children's ministry. Children are eager to learn. Sometimes... So, now, you folks are, are eager to learn, but sometimes adults are not eager to learn. Children are eager to learn. They're like sponges, and they soak up that information. And, of course, they're growing. And as they're growing, they grow uh, learning how to have power, and they triumph over these things. They're excited about learning new things. And sometimes adults are just, You know, we have that old phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Sometimes adults just are not as exciting to teach as young people because of that. Uh, Because we get stuck in our ways. And oh, people actually sit in church sometimes with their their arms crossed as the attitude of, go ahead, see if you can bless me. See if you can teach me anything. You know, they don't say that, but that's the attitude that you get by looking at them. And you don't get that with kids. Uh, At least you didn't used to. But children grow learning hope and faith. They uh, grow learning the truth of life and how to serve the Lord. And uh, It's just exciting to teach their benefits of bringing children to Christ. Really, that's the way it ought to be in the adult world. There are, of course, several reasons why parents or others do not bring children to Christ. One would be they're not aware of who God is. Other parents, and and we're not just talking about parents, but adults in general, I wonder sometimes what they do at liberal churches. They have a children's ministry, but what do they do? If they don't preach Christ, what do they do with the children? I think it's probably more so a, a babysitting ministry. When we did have Bible school, we had a couple of parents tell us that when their children come to our Bible schools, they actually learn the Bible. I thought, well, isn't it supposed to be Bible school? So what's done at these other churches? Uh, The activities, whatever, I don't know. But anyway, we do have some parents and adults who actually reject Christ, agnostics and and atheists, and, and they don't want their children to know about God. 
Others are complacent and uh, lethargic. So who cares? You know, they'll, if they'll find out about the Lord, they'll find out on their own. And I believe we have to, uh, ought to have an eagerness to suffer the little children to come unto the Lord. Other parents are immature and inconsistent with their Christian life. And that makes it difficult to bring their child to Jesus or teach them about Jesus. And then, of course, we have those who are liberal in their thinking. They're not willing to influence and mold their child's thinking spiritually. It's interesting that those same parents want their children to make their own choices, but they're willing to teach them what foods to eat and not to eat. Why don't they have the same? Well, go ahead. Try it. See if you like it. See if it kills you or not. Make your own choices about what food you're going to eat. You want sugar all the time? Go ahead, eat sugar. It's your choice. It's your life. Hey, it's the same attitude they're giving about spiritual things. It's a stupid attitude. They teach them about how to care for themselves. No, you need to brush your teeth before you go to bed. And they make them do that. They make them dress a certain way. Do certain things at a certain time. Take out the garbage. Do their chores. Whatever. But when it comes to spiritual things, ah, make your own choices. It uh, doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense at all. They leave the care of the spiritual things up to the child until he becomes an adult. And of course, by that time, children get set in their ways. I would imagine that if you never brushed your teeth as a child, it would be difficult to learn to do that as a teenager and adult. That'd be gross, wouldn't it? If you had certain habits as a child physical habits and now you're trying to teach them well that's the way it is spiritually if they have a habit of neglecting spiritual things as a child and all of a sudden you're trying to get them i think that's what we see in this younger generation today without commitment to the things of god you know we'll come to church when we want to or when we think we can make it instead of having the commitment that's necessary to do the things of the lord as they ought to Of course, that's a false reasoning. The philosophy behind all of that is false. The child's mind is molded by those whom he's with. That can be molded positively or negatively. Think of, for instance, the commentary that Paul gave regarding Timothy's mother and his grandmother. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Children learn what they are around. We suggested that this morning with Ruth and uh, Orpah, who lived under the influence of Naomi. Learned that from them. A number of the kings, Now, I'm just going to read the positive ones. There's a number of negative ones as well. King Jehoshaphat, in 2 Chronicles 17, 3, it says, The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Balaam. He learned that from his father, grandfather, whatever the case may be. And also, same Jehoshaphat, I believe, Second Chronicles 20, verse 32, and he walked in the way of Asa his father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Or King Uzziah, Second Chronicles 26, 4, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. 
So we're influenced by those around us. Children can learn the truth and they should be invited to join the kingdom of God, invited to come to Christ, invited to come to the things of God. Second truth regarding children. Jesus, I think, is teaching these things. Number two, children can become citizens of God's kingdom. Children can become citizens of God's kingdom. Not only should they be invited to join that kingdom, but they can become citizens of the kingdom. What Jesus is saying here in this passage of Scripture is, of such is the kingdom of God. Children make up the kingdom of God. They can become citizens of God's kingdom. Building on what we said already, a child is dependent and trusting. To become a part of the kingdom, well, let's look at what he says, verse 13, or verse 14. Of such is the kingdom of God, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Now, we'll talk about the receiving of that here in a moment. But let me just give you these thoughts to start with, and then we'll come back and develop those just a little bit. A little child is dependent and trusting. He's dependent upon others to teach him, and he trusts what he's being taught. As a child, we do this more so as an adult. As a child, he doesn't question that. Say, well, is that the truth or not? If you teach him something, you teach him that Santa Claus exists, he's going to believe you. You teach him the truths about God's Word, and he will believe you. All right? Now, that's, that's important for us as adults, then, to teach children the truth. Don't give them a lie. They are dependent upon you to do that, and they are trusting you to do that. They are also responsive and submissive to that truth. They are obedient and learning. Again, they have a rebellious, sinful nature, as all of us do. A child is humble and forgiving. One of the things that we're, that's how you receive the kingdom of God, by the way. I'll develop that here in just a moment. When you watch children get upset with one another... They forgive each other pretty quick. When you get to be in middle school or into the teenage years, then, or I'm not talking with him anymore, or anything, something like that, and then we carry that over into our adult, and we're not humble and forgiving. So, what other truth can we know about children? Number three, children illustrate how to receive the kingdom of God. Number one, children should be invited to join the kingdom. Number two, children can become citizens of God's kingdom. Number three, children illustrate how to receive the kingdom of God. There again, in verse 15, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. How are these little children? Let me go through it again. They are trusting and dependent. When you get saved, that's what you're doing. You are trusting in the Lord. You are now dependent upon the Lord, as a little child is. Okay? You, that's how you respond to the gospel. A child responds and he is submissive or surrenders to Jesus. He's ready and willing to do that. The adult is not responsive and is not submissive. That rebellion that's in the heart of the child becomes mature 
and does not want to respond and be submissive. That's why it's important for us to reach the children with the gospel because as they become teenagers and adults, they are harder to win to the Lord than... Uh, now, it doesn't mean we ought not to preach the gospel to folks that are older. Rather, preach the gospel to everybody. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Old, young, whoever. And uh, God can save the old, God can save the young. Most people that come to the Lord do so as a child. Children respond and uh, surrender to the Lord. That's the way we come to Christ. That's how to receive the kingdom of God. Children are obedient and they are ever learning from Him. We don't get to the place as a child where we know it all, but we're ever learning. It's not until you get probably into college and you think you know it all. And then you have to grow older and find out you didn't know what you thought you knew. And so when you go to college, you think, well, I'm going to come back home. I'm going to teach my mom and dad a thing or two. But a child is obedient to Christ and uh, is uh, ever learning. That's the way we ought to be in the kingdom of God. A submissive, ever learning attitude. And I think the order we get when we are in the Lord, we learn that, hey, we don't know it. And so we need an ever learning attitude. Again, I appreciate you folks and your your attitude of sitting on the edge of your seats. But you have that attitude of eagerness to hear the Word of God. And then children are humble and forgiving. Again, that's the way we need to receive the kingdom of God, like a little child. Now, all of that's not brought out in the text. Jesus simply says, Of such is the kingdom of God, and whosoever will receive the kingdom of God as a little child. So as the little children receive these truths, so we ought to receive the truths. Let me go through our truths so far. We have one. Children should be invited to join the kingdom. Number two, children can become citizens of God's kingdom. Number, and by the way, you don't have to be a certain age to be a citizen. Okay. Number three, children illustrate how to receive the kingdom of God. Number four, children are a blessing to the kingdom. Children are a blessing to the kingdom. In verse number 16, it says, He, meaning Jesus, took them up in His arms, put His hands upon them, and blessed them. I think that's the reason why the parents brought the children to Jesus in the first place. That He might touch them, and they, that He might bless them. Children are not a burden, but a blessing. What haven't you learned from your children? We've all learned from children. They can teach us many lessons, even as the Bible says, a little child shall lead them. In John 1.12, Jesus was speaking about, of course, John the Baptist, or John the Apostle, recording this, but as many as received him, who does that include? Just adults? No, the children that receive him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So they can be children of God, and be a blessing. Jesus also said in John 6.37, All that the Father giveth me, who is that? Children as well? Shall come to me, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So children are a blessing to the kingdom. And then number five, a fifth truth, children respond to the gospel of the kingdom. Children respond to the gospel of the kingdom. Mark records here, He took them up in His arms, put His hands upon them, 
and bless them. So we find these children actually responding. Their little hearts are tender. They're responsive to the authority. They weren't afraid of Jesus. The parents brought them to Jesus and he took them into his arms and he blessed them. Notice these verses that have to do with children. I think this is a quote from Matthew 21:15. It's about Palm Sunday. When the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Children were following Jesus. We don't often think about that, do we? But children were following Jesus. I mentioned Timothy, Paul's testimony of Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, Paul said of Timothy that from a child... Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So, children can serve the Lord. Children respond to the kingdom of God. So, what attitudes do we have regarding children? This is Dr. Lee Hennies, and we want to thank you for listening to the Hedgemaker broadcast today. Most of our broadcasts are portions of a sermon that I have preached at church. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries is the preaching, teaching, and writing ministry for myself. You can visit us on the web at hedgemaker.org. And let's be encouraged to stand in the gap and make up the hedge until Jesus comes again.